Welcome to episode 15 of the Go Get Em Agility podcast. My name is Margaret Hughes, and I'm your host with Emma Hughes. Once again, Hello. joining me. Hi, Emma. I know. I'm back. I'm back, baby. I'm crawling back on my hands and knees. Yes. No, not crawling. I've been begging oh. you. I've oh, been begging oh, you to right, come back, right. and I'm so glad that you finally said yes again. All right, so what are we talking about today? We're finally talking about agility. I don't have to talk about um, the cute little baby. Who's uh, still very cute. The, the, the dog baby. No human babies. Um, yeah, we're not talking about Eli today. We are talking about verbals, um, and I will be attempting to bring in some backside throttle conversations i don't know if i'll be successful but i believe that backsides are uh, very very important to the verbal community and to teaching a backside throttle you must have verbals okay so we're talking about verbals and you went on this long yeah conversation <laughs> about backsides and i love them <laughs> i love them Okay, so verbals. Um, verbals going anywhere from saying your dog's name to an obstacle name to uh, calling them come. Getting a leash on. Left, yeah. Right, yeah, get dressed. Uh, in your opinion, do you think that verbals are required for agility? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think they're required. I myself would never go into a trial without verbals. But I have seen multiple people train their dogs solely based on motion. You know, people that might speak very quietly or, you know, people that might have old dogs, deaf dogs. Um, I know Millie's hearing went a little bit um, at the end of her agility career. Um, so you don't need them, but I do believe that they are incredibly useful. Um, I know in my own experience that they are lifesavers. What about you? Well, yeah, yeah, I don't think that they're required. I think that they're the last thing that dogs listen to unless highly trained. So motion and location will override any sort of verbal unless it's highly trained, including their name, right? Um, so, mm. but their name, I think, is the most powerful of a turning cue. So a soft turn or a hard turn out of a tunnel, I think, giving them information of where you're at is very powerful verbals so the only two verbals that i stress my students to teach their dogs and get a really good understanding of them especially for young dogs is the teeter and the dog walk and so that's going off of my knowing that the verbal discrimination between those two obstacles is so important for a dog to understand which one they can run on and which one they need to put the brakes on for and which one's going to move. So the verbal, because they, right. Cause they look the same, don't they? They look identical from the dog's vantage point. So on, on straight approach, the teeter and the dog walk look identical. There are slight differences, but I don't think the dogs pay attention to those. So the slight difference is that teeters do not have slats. They don't have ridges to help the dog grip. Um, and they also, the teeter has two contact, yellow or red contact points, one on the downside, one on the upside or on the end. Sorry, one on the beginning and one on the end. Whereas the dog walk, it's, you know, 36 feet apart are the contacts, the yellow or the red contacts. So for verbal discriminations between the teeter and the dog walk, absolutely want my students to teach their dogs a verbal 
And I think it takes hundreds and hundreds of repetitions for the dog to actually gain the understanding of what teeter means and what dog walk means or whatever, whatever word. Especially if you're, especially if you're teaching your dog to come to the end of the teeter, right? Um, you know, not just to walk up it and to complete it, but to actually run up and then stop. Exactly. Um, so yeah, drive, that is to drive. That in. is actually, it's literally a lifesaver. I mean, you know, I couldn't imagine a dog breaking a leg, you know, I, I'd be devastated. Yeah. Um, I think there's more, so, I think there's more yeah, damage but, done. I think there's more damage done on the dog walk though, as far as jumping yeah, I, off I the theater versus um, falling off the dog walk. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think, think so. I kind of see the teeter fly off while it's not great, especially for small dogs. I see it more as kind of jumping off the back of the couch. So I don't mm. see it as a massive thing. It scares some dogs. It really scares them. But physically, unless they're little, uh, it's it's not a huge deal. Um, jumping off, it's kind of more the owner's reaction of what happens when they do do a fly off. Right. All right. right. So, okay. So verbals for me personally, yes, I don't think that verbals are required, but I do think that they're extremely useful. I do think that they're required if you want distance. I think they're required if you want obstacle independence. I think they're required if you want to encourage your dog to drive forward and like go find the weed poles, go find the tunnel entrance. Um, and they're required on a discrimination. So if you have a tunnel jump discrimination, unless you're really, really good with your location, then if you're not, if you're not in location, then you absolutely need verbals. Yeah. I think uh, verbals are required on premier courses for sure. Um, I, I think that I don't, there's think a, I don't think they're required, uh, but they yeah, are for the fast dogs, for the fast dogs. No, I think they are. Oh, I disagree. I think, I think if you want to be continually successful and I'm not talking about, Oh, one off, you know, being excited that you've gotten your premier cue for, you know, the first time after a hundred tries, it's like, well, yeah, but a three yards a second, some... three yards a second dog, their hand. Hey, don't be rude. Them. That's what Dottie does. No, no, but um, I'm, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm talking, but even no, 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 I know what you mean when, if you can keep up with your dog, then I think you can do a premier course maybe not smoothly but you can mm. do a premier course with motion and location okay i think you're right i i mean and of disagree. course some I, I disagree i disagree with only because um also i lied i feel like i should say that dotty does five yards a second so for all those uh people out there i'm kidding um i think that if you don't if you have let's say you have a slow dog that you can keep up with you know on foot um that's great until you get to the backside, right and they don't know what to do well, no, right. but you're you trying to, to push a... this dog. You're trying to push this dog around a stanchion, and they've lost, you know, all the speed that they've gained, and they don't know what they're doing, and they just kind of look at you, and they're like, "Okay, what do I do now?" Right. Okay. So, but are verbals required? I think the verbals are extremely useful for. I guess that would be motion one to. Yeah, and and the dog understanding the motion of going. Around. Yeah, and and teaching you know some of these skills like like threadles, teaching wraps, uh, you know, and in and in wraps. So the dogs uh, looking at a jump, they're not supposed to take the side they're looking at. They're supposed to come into you, and then go to the backside. So an inside back wrap. 
I don't know what other people call it, <laughs> but I call Goodness. it, I call it, it um, what do you call it? You call it wrap, wrap, wrap. Um, I do. The, I need to change that actually. So it's an in wrap and into slice um, and then wraps of wrap. Okay. So but they're both in. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's confusing. I actually have to change it because um, that'll be another one of my points that I bring up about verbals. Actually, I'll bring it up because now's a good time. Um, your verbals should not sound like each other. Otherwise, everybody will get confused and everybody's going to be mad at each other. Um, case in point, yeah. my back, back, back and rap, rap, rap sounds very similar. And I'm surprised that Dottie hasn't killed me yet because of that. Right? Yeah. I mean, right? Well, if you were running um, just an FYI, very, very fast with the... just an FYI, I've been using get back. Get back, yes, get exactly. Back. Right, right. I've been trying to uh, change my backside cue to get back, get back, get back, right? Because it oh. sounds different than rap. back, 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 rap, rap, rap. You know, it sounds different. So, yeah, yeah. I, but also, that's... there's some, yes, and there's some dogs are smart and they are situational as well. So, if they're at mm -hmm. the teeter and you say rap, rap, rap. They're going to ignore you. Sure. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's situational. But if, yeah. yeah, you're I, back. I was talking about like jump stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, we're talking jump verbal discriminations and going, if they're on your left, they go to the left jump stanchion. That would be a back. If they're on your left, they would go to the right jump stanchion to the backside. That would be a wrap. And then you have it depends though. Are you running past the jump and they do a little slice, slice and dice action? It really depends on the course. If you ever get confused, you could just email one of us and we'll uh, okay. We'll, so, we'll, so, we'll, so you are so okay. So, if your dog's on your left hand side, you're going Jordan Biggs does this a lot. She does the inside slice while she runs past the jump. She's very good at it, right? So, okay, so um, let me let me describe it. So, you're running with your dog towards a jump dogs on your left side you want them to come to the go to the back side on the right side of the jump stanchion so they're staying next to you in between the right and you they're going to the back side then th there's the slice is where they jump and go to the left wing yeah they continue moving forward so they essentially do an s a, an upside down s or a backwards s right versus an, a wrap is you're running with your dog they're coming to the right side wing to the back side and they're going to do a big 360 circle and continue in the same direction you started in right okay so it's like a a, a an o right o. right i think another really good example of the inside s slice curve uh, Daisy Peel with Chispa did it um, in one of her opening runs at WAO or EO, and I believe it was in 2018. Oh, she, um, did, she did one where there were, I think there was three lines of jumps. And in a row, and, and she did it, three in a row. And, and I think it was backside, backside, and then she had to do a threadle, in, in threadle. Yeah, like she did it three oh, times so in a row. Great. It was great. It was so, so anyway, beautiful. if you're wondering what the slice looks like. Yeah, slice um, is taking a jump at an angle. And a wrap is taking the one wing. So a yes. slicer, you're essentially doing both wings, right? You're slicing the jump right. between the two jump wings. A wrap is you're wrapping one wing and continuing on in any direction, essentially. Right. And then they're pulling up on your right side, pulling up on your left side. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It really is. 
It's actually easier. It's very to complicated to talk about these. I know. On a podcast. We need to do a video. I know. I haven't done agility in like three months, so I'm like all confused. Um, <laughs> but right. I wanted to bring up the criteria of throttles and backsides. Uh, my personal criteria. This is not saying that you should follow it, but I have found it to be successful. So I will be telling you about it. Um, for your criteria for this backside, uh, you are essentially teaching a dog to do something unnatural. Um, Agility is already unnatural, but teaching a dog to go to the backside of a jump and take it as fast as they can while you are possibly running in another direction is not going to make sense in their little heads uh, when you first introduce it. And so that is why you have to stick to your criteria. So if your dog does it wrong, you can't really reward them for it because now you're teaching things that are wrong. And obviously that's the same with a lot of agility aspects, but um, the backside it's you have to get it right all the time in order to cement that. What? Um, and because, yes, no, 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 I'm continuing well, on. Wait, Freddie, you got to reward effort. No, 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 no. You got to reward yes. effort. No, but you can't. You're going to lose you know, some dogs you if you don't reward effort. because No, but here's, here, comes my next point. Here, comes, here comes my next point. This is why you have to teach these on confident dogs, right? No, if you I have completely a, disagree with you. Okay. Because it's a, dog, a handling okay, problem. A dog that knows the obstacle, a dog that is confident in its ability to do the obstacle. Because well, if yeah. you are telling okay. your dog yes. that they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're going to think that they're doing the jump wrong, not the actual angle bit or whatever you want them to do. Okay. Yes. I know. I agree with you. You got to keep it. You got to slice it so thin for um, non-confident dogs for sure. But even confident dogs, you don't want to completely blow up your training that you've already done because you can't figure out how to teach them a backside verbal. Well, so, yeah, that's the big question. Is it you or is it them? Yeah, it's, <laughs> just doing it's it you. It's yeah. you because you can do it without Definitely. verbal. You can do it solely yeah. on motion and location. And so yes. if you're adding a verbal, first you have to make sure that you can do it with motion and location. And then if you can do it with motion and location, then and you add the verbal on. So right. And 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 then slowly pull away from the location and the motion and see if your verbal is right. intact. Right. But even if they get it wrong, so yeah, while I wouldn't praise I'm not saying you them, should yeah, you. I'm not saying you should explode on your dog and be like, oh my God, you're the worst. Thank like goodness. don't don't do that. Thanks for clarifying, Emma. <laughs> yeah, I don't abuse my dogs. I would like the jury to know. But you gotta keep them in the game. You gotta keep them you right. gotta keep them wanting to come back for more. Right, right. My point being is that like, you know, if if a dog a dog can either you know, hit the contact or it doesn't, right? And it's kind of the same with backsides. It either does it or the dog does it or it doesn't. Um, and so, like, I'm trying to think now. I guess I want, I want to interject. Like I want to interject one thing. So, yeah. um, I, uh, Jean Donaldson, who is my my hero, my mentor. Um, so she has um a criteria. Essentially, it's five. So if you do five repetitions and they're less than five, then you go backwards. You go back and make it easier. If they're at five or or three or four, three to five, then you increase it and make it harder. But if you increase it and make it harder and they fail, then you stay where you are on your five and gradually try and increase it. 
So if you're doing backsides and you're failing more than three times in a row, something's wrong. You need to go back. Make it easier. That is good advice. Yes, I agree. I can't, I can't remember what she calls it. I should go look it up. Right. And I think that, um, I don't know about me. I don't know about you, but I like to see dogs do things correctly. It makes me happy. And I know I don't mean it in like the way of, oh, it's so inspiring. It is very inspiring. But I mean it in the way that something clicks in my brain. It scratches an itch in my brain. Yeah. And um, I I like to see repetitions done. Like repetition for patterning? I do. Um, I think that's also. Some people don't like the, that. They yeah. Think that, and I think that's where I, I think I disagree with some people. And I'm sure some people disagree with me, which is totally okay. I love patterning. I love dogs um, guessing and being right because it reinforces, um, you know, what the, what they're thinking. I think patterning is excellent. Uh, but I, I suppose it depends on the dog as well. It does depend on the dog for sure. I I like patterning. I like teaching a dog a pattern, but then I also like quickly changing that pattern to make sure that they don't pattern too much. Mm. Right. But verbals, I think that repeating verbals, because they take so long for the dog to thoroughly understand in all scenarios and all situations and in multiple locations, I think that using a pattern on verbals is a great tool. Why would you throw that out? Okay, so let's talk. Okay, so criteria for criteria for your verbal. Let's continue on this criteria for your verbal's thought process. Oh, goodness. I don't even know. Um, my current verbal is get back, get back, get back. Yeah, let's go through them all. Back sides. Okay, so that's yeah, what, shall we? I, you know, I read somewhere that Enya Habol said that she had like seven different verbals for jumps. Um, yeah. I don't know if yeah. seven is the correct number. No, I do too. But I think she. I do too. I do. Well, I, I have let me a, think. Let me count I, now. Okay. One, go. two, three. Well, no, tell us what they are. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, get back, get back, get back, which is just any backside ever. Wrap, 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 which is an inside wrap in and in which is an inside slice. Um, and I think that's it. No, then you have jumper over, which is go oh, straight. Oh, I guess that counts. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, that okay. counts. And then jump with a tight turn. So jump See, straight. I don't do that. See, this is where we disagree is I don't teach um, tight curve verbals. Only You're because telling me you, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me correct that statement because you do. You just don't realize you do. You're telling yeah. me that when you want a tight jump, Going. when i use motion no, for my tight no jumps. no no listen to this uh, uh. So, <laughs> when you send dot or millie over a jump just a straight normal regular jump and you mm -hmm. want them to wrap the the jump tightly to come back towards you you're mm. telling me you don't use your dog's name now what i say over yeah, I'm serious. You, I got to go back and watch some videos. Yeah, I'm no, serious. No, no, dot, dot, dot. I That's mean, a turning cue. Their name is a, a, turning a turning cue, but maybe not on a jump. Because, okay, well, here's my question. Like, this is a genuine question, not trying to be, like, weird. My, uh, what's it called? Rear cross cue, the worst cue in the history of, of the world, which is, is that a jump verbal? Because I only yes. do it on jumps. Well, oh, it is. Okay. you can use it on a jump. 
right? So you could okay, you know, does that fill the so hold on, let's clarify that. Let me so, think now. So rear cross ch, 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 is your rear cross. Yeah. And mine and it I wasn't think supposed was, to be my, so I should make it like switch or something. Yeah, my she can't if, hear it. If I teach Eli, it'll be switch. It'll either be yeah, switch, switch is good. Or I'll go to left right. Or yeah, left right turn, is good. Too. Oh, that's right, true. I tried to teach Dottie left right. Dottie knows left right, but only based on motion. Um, so she can turn left and right independently on a jump, but it has to be. I have to have my hand. Okay. Well, did you ever teach directionals on the dog walk? No, Jordan told me to, and I never did. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan, if you're listening, I love you so much. Um, Jordan Figs is a very good example of verbals off the dog walk and contact obstacles. And if you watch some of her videos, she can get her dogs to turn. Literally, they she will have um, their so front, the front of their body turning off the dog walk where their while their rear legs hit the contact wow. zone on a running dog walk. It is incredible. That is nice. Uh, I think Sarah Baker does too. I mean, I, I know a ton of. People I think she do. does. I think a I, lot I think of people do. If you're gonna go for those really fast running contacts, especially on the dog walk, I I think you you're required to have directionals off the end if you have a fast yeah. dog if you don't have a fast dog yeah. you're left with rear cross stuff if you're you know at least up there because right it depends on how very fast difficult you are, to I do suppose. A, very difficult to do <laughs> it's white it, it depends on how fast you are yeah it depends in on relation how, to your dog but even but even you could have dog. the slowest dog in the world but if you're the slowest runner in the world mm-hmm gotta get those verbals in but even dogs that aren't like super duper fast on the dog walk they'll still beat their owners on the dog walk a frame right except dotty for some reason (laughs) that's not true true. she's just just, like insulting she just thinks too much of the context she the dog has a brain on her and that is the biggest mistake let's not go on um all right what other verbals (laughs) Okay, what about um, okay. your release word? I want to talk about your release word because this is Ooh, a verbal. Yes. So here's a verbal that I think is fully underrated. And I think that people don't realize how powerful the release word can or cannot be mm-hmm. with, with relation to their start, their context, and their pause table. So I mm-hmm. think that people don't realize how motion-based, motion-sensitive dogs are to physical release cues so hand motion stepping even people do this like little lurch they do this little like like almost like mm. oh breath. yes i've seen that they take a breath i know some in. people run well they yeah, take a uh, breath in and they kind of the... jump um and the dogs yeah it as as a release word so not being fully verbal on release words i think it gets a ton of dogs Oh, it just causes mm, all yeah. start line problems. Yeah, um, start lines are hard too. They are hard because, um, and it depends. Because I've had, uh, I've, I know a few different people have different release words for different uh, things. So, like their what's uh, their walkout cue? Their you know stay, sit, stay. Uh, their release cue for the lead out is different than their release cue for the dog's contacts or whatever. Um, mine really? are all the same. Mine but I was like, that's weird. Not that it's bad. It's just, I've never seen it before. Okay. So they, um, so they have a specific start line release word. That's right. not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. No, it's not. not um, all of mine are the same. Uh, okay. All of mine are the same. And I've already started uh, Eli's release word. Not only okay. with stay. What is but it? Is it release? 
No, I'm sticking with okay. Okay is my favorite one. I love okay. Really? It feels so casual. It's so ingrained in me. I really did want yeah. to change it, but I just started yeah. using it the, the uh, a couple of days ago. So he has to wait and get a release word on his crate. He has to wait and get a release word coming out of his X pen. He has to wait. Uh, well, and now I've added the okay. I started it on the travel plank uh, casually, and then I've started it on his stay work. So he's on, I think we've done three, three sessions or four sessions on stay, very short ones. And I've started to add mm -hmm. in the okay on his stay. Nice. So yeah, verbal stays, verbal, verbal, verbal stays. Yeah. Or, or yeah, verbal stays are very important. And you know if your verbal stay is good, if your dog is half deaf and 10 years old at one of the loudest competitions you've ever been to and you're trying to tell her okay and she won't go, she won't release because... <laughs> so yeah, when you get to that moment, you will know, you're like, yes, I've taught this dog. Well. So I guess I guess a hand awkward. signal. I guess a hand signal. <laughs> Maybe that would help. So I guess <laughs> a hand signal isn't a bad idea. Yeah, I was like, why isn't she running? <laughs> um, okay. I think we're done talking about... Well, 30 so i will be taking yeah, it now. i mean if i um i think we're so verbals aren't required they're great no they're great they're for distance i would never they're, go without them they're great for Personally. discriminations they're great for independence of all yeah. the six cues out there of all the six cues out there verbals are the last for dogs to truly understand yeah, I maybe hand signals are right up there too. But um, yeah, eye contact they get, motion they get, location they get. What else? Shoulders they get. Yeah. So I mean, I think you train. train verbals just like how you train every other agility obstacle, right? You just keep doing it. You just have a sound that you stick to and you slowly get harder and harder and harder. Till it okay, works. Here's let me just give you a little schooling on overshadowing because oh. if you give two signals at the exact same time so if you oh, give, that's true if you mm -hmm. give a motion signal and a verbal signal at the exact same time the stronger right. the stronger of the two cues is going to overshadow the weaker and so yeah. while they may learn over time it's going to take twice as long if not more um for an overshadowed verbal cue to to be installed than mm -hmm. Uh, the stronger so they'll take the one that's more salient i agree okay that's called overshadowing look it up <laughs> have fun with that <laughs> you don't believe me <laughs> and, it's, and it's famous for people people overshadow verbals all the time so we think that the dog understands the sit cue but can they really sit on a hose pipe up on a table probably not they're probably better at a hand right. signal if you do that so right oh and here's another way to test verbals as far as sit down stuff like that is if you really want to test your signal put your dog in a, a, like a mirror where you can see them a reflection so an oven reflection or a window reflection so your back is to the dog so the dog's behind you and give your verbal without any hand signal can your dog do a sit down stand with a verbal and your back is to the dog. And if they can't, then they don't truly understand their verbals. So you're 
back is to the dog. You can see the dog's reflection in the window. So if they do do a verbal sit, you can praise them immediately without looking at them <laughs> and then throw a cookie behind you. So once you praise them, then you can turn around and, and give them something. But it's a great way to see how good are my verbals for sit down stand. Obviously, this is difficult to do in a trial, but or in a in a yeah, don't do it, don't do it on course. In, in a, Emma and I were cut off while doing this podcast. Sorry about that. I'm going to say goodbye from the both of us. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Woof woof.